Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 699. In life and in business, you know, try to treat others with respect and treat them how you want to be treated. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest here on Cars Yeah, Jeff Cox. Hey, Jeff, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Vroom, vroom. I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Ready to go out and repair a car or two. So uh, that sounds like fun. Jeff Cox is the president of Colors on Parade, a company that was launched in 2006. The company is the original body shop on wheels, and it's a franchise that provides on-location Paintless dent repair, body repair, windshield repair and replacement, headlight restoration, surface protection, chip repair, and interior repair. Whatever you might need on your car, they'll come right to you. Their mobile service trucks operate in 50 markets around the country and offer a owner-franchise opportunity to their partners. Jeff's passion includes restoring old motorcycles and cars, including his Harley-Davidson, He's got a 55 Chevy truck and a 65 Impala. Very cool. Well, Jeff, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your business and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Sure, Mark. I've been in this business with this company for just over 20 years uh, wow. the past year. Yeah, amazing thing in today's business, it seems like, <laughs> yeah. to be with one company for that long. Yeah. So, and this is a really neat company because, you know, they're involved in my passion with, with cars. And while I've been through the training to do these types of repairs, you know, the scratches and dents, mm -hmm. you don't want me working on your, your car. Um, <laughs> You're better you know, off back at the office. <laughs> Exactly. My um, my franchisees are, are some of the best in the business. And these guys, you know, they, they do those repairs day in and day out. Yeah. But uh, I have just enough knowledge and, and experience to, to really be dangerous. So, so I, don't, <laughs> I leave that those repairs to the franchisees. But, uh, you know, I've been in love with cars since I was a kid. And, you know, this is something that, that ties into that. It's not quite perfect because we mostly work on the newer models and the newer cars. Sure, so sure. We, we rarely get to, to work on the, the stuff that I really love, which is the, the 50s and 60s stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. still, you know, close as you can get to the, the perfect business, perfect job. Absolutely. You know, I've used a, a local service here that just does paintless dent removal. And uh, I'm always amazed when I watch the guys work. What's cool about what your franchisees do and you guys provide is you can come right to someone's home or office set up, fix their car if they have minor problems with their car inside and outside. And it makes things so convenient because that's a huge hassle when you have to have your car fixed to take your car in try to get a rental car. When is it going to be ready? And then you wonder about your car the whole time. Is somebody taking care of my little baby? So uh, I really love what you do. And I love the fact that I get to share this with the Cars Yeah listeners. But as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has a good meaning for you. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So Jeff, take the wheel. Okay. I gave this a little bit of, of thought. And, and I think that for me, uh, having done this for 20 years and, and having been the president the, these last 12 years, Everything I do, which is mostly making decisions of, you know, which, which direction are we going to go, mm -hmm. 
comes down to following the golden rule where um, treating everybody involved, our customers, our franchisees, everybody associated with us, employees included, trying to treat them the way I want to be treated, treating them with respect. And, and I found that for the most part that um, you do that and then you make decisions that are good for all parties involved. Yeah. Everything works out for the best in the long run. And, and with, with those kind of decisions, we've been able to sustain really long-term relationships with franchisees, with, you know, we've got dealership customers that we've had for almost 30 years. Wow. Um, you know, the entire length of the, the company's history. So wow. that's what I do is, is try, to, try to follow that golden rule and, and, and try to instill that in our employees and, you know, everybody I come in contact with. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if everybody lived under that rule? Oh, my goodness. Life would be so much better in so many ways. And it's so easy to do, really. It really is, but it's something that sometimes has to be learned and taught. That's nice to hear. Well, let's go back in time. Now, you've been a car guy your whole life. I would love to hear a story that instigated your passion for cars. When you look back, is there a pivotal moment when you realized that, oh, my gosh, I'm a car guy? Oh, yeah, definitely. And and mine, I, I, I think I started 11 years old. We moved to Florida. My my dad bought a country little country grocery store out in the out in the woods. So we had this little store, and and one of the first vendors I noticed bringing in stuff was the Auto Trader guy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> here he comes in. He had a little metal rack, and in that rack was Auto Trader, classic car trader. I think there was a truck trader and maybe a motorcycle trader too. Like six different books in there. Yeah. And in the downtime of you're waiting for customers, I'm waiting for my dad to you know tell me something I need to I need to do in the store. I was just pouring through those books and seeing the cars come in. We, we were out in the country. We had a racetrack nearby. You saw a lot of interesting stuff come in. And that's when it got kicked off for me and getting paid a little bit to work in the store, I started saving my money. Yeah. So my in my head, when I'm turning 16 and getting that driver's license, I will have wheels and be ready to go. <laughs> and uh, and that's what I did. I saved my money up and, and first car was a 78 Camaro. And I quickly turned that into a, a 68 Corvette summer before my senior year in oh, high school. So, oh, my. <laughs> oh, I was I was a bit hard. Yeah, I think so. I remember those uh, publications. Now, of course, it's all online. But back then, I do the same thing. You'd stop at a little Seven Eleven or a little convenience store. And even in high school, I worked in a convenience store late nights one time. I think I had like the 6 p.m. to midnight shift. And of course, you get a little lonely at night. And that's the first place I'd go over and start looking through all the cars I wish I could have. So uh yeah, very successful yep. franchise they have. Well, Jeff, what I want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and ask you to share a big challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation and what did you learn from it? So uh, take us there to that painful time, kind of walk us through, and then tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum for a career and success. Okay. I think I've got um, something that's that's very I- ideal for this, this question. I-, I started with this company in 96 and worked under, I think, four different presidents over the next six years. Wow. And that that last president was an ex-military guy, and, and he and I didn't really see eye to eye. I, I had moved up to be senior vice president of operations, mm-hmm. working hand-in-hand with a lot of the largest area developer franchisees in the country. And he his attitude was he didn't really have a lot of respect for the franchisees mm-hmm. and didn't, certainly didn't treat them with, with any kind of respect. Mm-hmm. And we just butted heads, butted heads, butted heads. Yeah. So 
it's come next thing I know, uh, right before Christmas, and in, in I think 2002, um, I'm without a job. He's he's fired me, uh. and yeah, so it was painful at the time. And uh, the ownership at the time, I, I I got a little severance package that said, "Don't talk to anybody." You know? oh, of course, and yeah. So, yeah, so so I just said, you know what, I'm just gonna, gonna bite my lip and and not talk to anybody and and, and move on yeah. and and lesson lesson learned. But I felt good because I you know I felt like I was standing up to my right. principles and you know not not just going with the crazy things that that this guy wanted to do. So yeah. fast forward a year and a half later, I've been working for Syntex Homes um, that that next year and a half, and I get a call from the owner of the company. And it's uh, it's a year and a half later. He's went through that president and another one. And he calls me up and says uh, he thinks he's realized that when I left, that the story he got wasn't accurate, and that looking back, you know, I was the one who did things the way he wanted things done, oh, and okay. asked me asked me to come back as the president of the company. Wow, what a turnaround! So that, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, that was a sweet turnaround. Yeah, and so you know, being asked to come back like that was. Uh, certainly felt good. Wow. And so, you know, I, and I think I learned, you know, to stick by your principles and, and learned that uh, things will work themselves out if you just kind of give, yeah. give them time sometimes. Yeah. So I get the takeaway I get from that story is what you said. Stick by your principles. Be who you are. Don't kowtow to somebody that you feel is not right for the company, the franchisees, the clients, and uh, be who you are. And uh, sometimes that leads down an unfortunate path. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. You don't have a job anymore. But uh, I'm so happy to hear it ended up in a nice way. And there you sit now. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share. I call it a career aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for a new direction. And tell us the steps you took to turn that particular aha moment into a success. For me, I think it was during this this most recent uh, economic recession, you know, around 2006, 2007. In our business, we, you know, it was kind of a wake-up call because we saw uh, these dealership customers that we had had for some of them 20 years, Pontiac, uh, Hummer, um, what uh, Oldsmobile, entire brands went away during that time period. Oh, and for us, yeah. you know, each one of them equated to a, a good dealership customer. That one of our franchisees might have been working for you know ten to twenty years, mm-hmm. so uh, we saw a twenty twenty plus percent drop in sales with that wholesale customer of ours. Wow! And what we learned very quickly was the retail public, you know, all these people, you know, me and you out there, uh, not buying as many new cars during that time, tightening their belt. Right. Those customers were very interested in doing our type of repair work to spiff up that, that, that scraped up bumper or dings and dents and scratches on their uh, cars. Because they were going to keep their car longer now because they exactly. couldn't afford to buy a new one. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You know, they weren't going to trade it in. We're going to keep it for a couple of extra years. So to spend $300, you know, $400 on repairs on a car, excellent investment for them. Mm-hmm. And so we found very quickly that that retail market for us, it is a huge opportunity that, for the most part, you know, in our history, has just gone as a extra, you know, yeah. kind of fill-in work yeah. when, when we aren't working the wholesale stuff. So, wow. uh, I love the fact that you know I can now share with new franchisees 
that our business is kind of recession proof. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if things happen here, you might shift over here. Right. But don't sweat it because the work will be there pretty much whatever the economy does. Yeah, nice little, nice pivot move there. I, I understand that completely. I worked in the car kit industry back then and we thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be horrible. But we focused more on the car care products because people were keeping their cars longer and taking better care of them because they realized, mm, I might not be able to get a new car for a while. And so it helped in that way as well. Great story. Well, how about Prouder's career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one that stands out that you would share? Well, um, I think that's that's a little tougher. Um, I you know I I tend to look for the successes with my team and with the company and you know personally I I passed the CPA exam the first time I I took it. Nice. Back then, back then that was a huge thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I think that for me that was it actually got me my first job out of uh, after college. You pass the CPA exam. There's these companies that do CPA review uh-huh. and, and help help people take the exam. I, I got a job at one of those companies because I passed the the exam the first time. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, yeah. I didn't work. I didn't work long in that accounting industry. I found that you know, kind of too restless, stuck behind a desk. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But, <laughs> but it's a great background to have, you know, in any business. Oh, yeah. When, when it comes down, uh, no matter how good you're feeling about the business, it, it always comes back to the numbers. So, oh, yeah. They know, never it, lie. You know. My wife took her engineering exam uh, when she was about eight months pregnant with her first child. And uh, <laughs> uh, she was so proud and happy. And I was proud of her, too, that she passed. In fact, in her uh, office, which were all men, and they always kind of poked fun, her, fun at her back then. This was 28 <laughs> years ago. She was the only one that came back after the first week and said, I passed and the other three guys didn't. And they're like looking at her going, how'd you do that? So she studied her brains out, but she's a real smart lady. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have with that vehicle. Oh, that's that's definitely the, the 68 Corvette I bought the summer before my senior year. Now, I got to ask, your parents let you have a 68 Corvette your senior year in high school. You had some pretty cool parents, or they weren't paying attention, one of the two. They were paying attention, I okay. think. I was very, very <laughs> responsible, very, very, you know, no trouble ever. Yeah, there you go. And I did all the research. Here's how much the insurance is going to cost, yeah. which, was the, which was the big worry. Oh, yeah. Um, and I did the research for, gosh, you know, two years leading up to it. And at that time, I, yeah, I find a 68 Corvette in St. Pete, Florida for 68 800 bucks parked wow. on a little uh, on a little lot yeah mm-hmm. the original big block car had a small block in it t-tops hard hard top and so and four speed mm, so nice. the the interesting my first interesting experience with that car was of course learning how to drive a four speed on my way home after <laughs> buying it yeah and my mom my mom following me in in her truck uh yeah it doesn't take long to learn how to drive a, a six shift bus <laughs> when you when you need to you know i'll tell you a funny story my listeners have heard this i bought a Carmen Ghia 67 Ghia when i was in high school my mom drove me over to point loma which is about a 30-minute drive from our house down in San Diego. It was a stick shift. And so, oh, I really wanted this car, my poor man's Porsche. And I said, okay. And then I sat in and I went, I've never driven a stick before. And my mom said, well, you better learn. See you at home. And she left. And uh, so the guy was had a little pity on me and he took me out for a quick lesson. But that was the longest drive of my life. I stalled in every <laughs> intersection. And, you know, you just figure it out. Yeah. 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 Nobody... Nobody dies usually. No, well, hopefully not. No. Well, that's a cool story. Well, pretty nice, cool car. Well, how about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back? You know, I, I thought the longest about this this question. I, I 
there's not many that I have thought, you know, I can't, I'm such a, I'm, I'm such a watch, watching the market for what's for sale. Uh-huh. You know, I, given enough time and patience, I can find whatever car I've had before. I can buy it again. <laughs> yeah. It'll be more expensive, you know, a few years later. Yeah. Usually. yeah. But um, I think that I had an 89 Toyota four-wheel drive um, after college, and that truck was just bulletproof. Mm. I think I owned it for four or five years. And nothing ever broke on it. And, and it was four-wheel drive with wow. lift kit and some nice tires. And I remember when I sold it thinking, I should probably just keep that just as a, as a, third, a third vehicle. Well, we all have those. I've heard many, many stories before yours, the 693 of them to be exact. So uh, uh, don't worry, you're uh, not the only one. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I would love for you to share a little bit more about Colors on Parade, this business, this franchise, how it all works, all the different services that you provide to your customers out there, opportunities perhaps for maybe some listeners out there that might be interested in getting involved in this. So uh, tell us about Colors on Parade. Well, it's, it's, it's a really neat company because it's it's something that nobody really knows exists. Everybody knows about the body shop, right? right, right. We, we all know, you know, that's the that's the place you got to take take your car after something bad's happened. And in general, the experience is pretty not too great in, in total because you're without your car, you got a rental car, you're fighting with the insurance company. It's just not a not a positive thing. So, lo and behold, I find this company that was founded by a guy who had done he had done a lot of accessory work for dealerships. Mm-hmm. Went in and put in sunroofs back in the day and pinstriping and stuff like that. And I guess it came upon him that cars that were being traded in with damage, small damage, the scratches and dents and dings, were going to their body shops and taking days, if not weeks, to get repaired before they were ready to put up on the front line and get sold. Uh-huh. So he decides, he's a smart guy, he says, I should be able to do what a body shop does, but could I fit all that equipment in a mobile van and then do this on site outside? And I guess through trial and error over the course of a couple of years, he put together, his first system actually had a a complete mixing rack, which if you're familiar with a body shop, takes up a pretty good little bit of space inside of a van, had it mounted inside of a cargo van. Wow. Over the years, we've miniaturized this whole system into an intermixed toner system that's the top of the line, best color match you can get. And we're matching color out in the in the real sunlight. Nice. So our yeah. color matches are just best. And the repair process that we're, we're able to teach these franchisees gets those body shop quality repairs in the key being a convenient, quick time, time mm-hmm. frame. Whether it's at somebody's house and, and they're fixing your daily driver or if it's doing seven cars at the local dealership in, in a day, doing seven different repairs, bumpers and, and, and uh, panels and, right. and what have you. It's just a really neat, efficient way of getting this work done quickly. And do you guys work with the uh, the insurance companies so that if I have a, a minor damage in my car, you can help through that process as well? You know, we, we don't. We, we One thing we've been able to avoid, and I think uh, from what I hear from the, the body shop industry, the biggest challenge there is the, the shrinking profit margins because of the insurance mm. industry yeah. you know, dictating prices, we're pretty much in that realm of below the deductible or right at right near the deductible 
to where our type of damage that we repair probably shouldn't be claimed with uh-huh. with the insurance company. Right. And part of it is we're going to be a little more, a little less expensive than the the body shops for these same same types of repairs. Right. And so we're able to avoid increased premiums with with your insurance company. Well, I was going to say that's a huge advantage because if you're smart, you carry a very high deductible because you don't usually have accidents very often. I knock on wood, I don't think I've had any in my entire life. I've never had an insurance claim. My insurance company loves me because all they've done is collect money and not paid out. But yeah, whenever you have a minor repair, pay for it yourself because it, you end up paying more for your insurance down the road. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and when you look at the pricing um, for a retail, uh, you know, I come to your house and, and fix your bumper on your relatively new car we'd be in the range of, of between 250 and 450 for a tear in your bumper and and we're going to you know repair the tear right. and we're going to match the color and, and we're going to clear uh, possibly the whole bumper so you know it's a it's a the, the one thing we don't do is the body shop tends to turn things into an assembly line where they've got one guy, you know, pulling the torn bumper off and another guy prepping the new bumper. And that's why it turns into a multi-day process. And very expensive. Exactly. And everything we do, it's it's one guy on the truck. You know, he, he knows how to do everything. So he's starting and finishing your bumper in the space of generally about two hours mm-hmm. um, at your house. Very nice. Now, you're a franchise, so if, if, if say, uh, you don't cover the region I'm in and I wanted to, to be a franchisee of Colors on Parade, is that something possible for people to do? Are you constantly growing that network? Definitely. We currently operate in 50 different markets across 25 states, mm-hmm. so we're, you know, a, a decent yeah. part of the country is covered, but always looking for for new franchisees, and we're a two-level franchise system is how we grow. So what we do is we look for an area developer franchisee in your market first, mm-hmm. and then you know he might own two or three counties in a metro area, and then he'll recruit the operator franchisees who will each generally own their own operating unit or or more than one. And then, you know, you've got local support through that area developer franchisee for sales and marketing and uh, local meetings and, and all that stuff. And then you've got the national corporate office here in Myrtle Beach that does the national marketing, national ad fund and contracts and agreements with dealerships and stuff like that. Nice. Very, very cool. And for people who are listening, if they want to find out if you're close to where they are, uh, you have a website they can go on and check this out? Yep, just colorsonparade.com, and there'll be a locator on there where you can, uh, by state, and you can see if there's a local area developer and contact information will be on, on each state. Very cool, very cool. Well, it's very, very interesting. I would encourage my listeners to go out there and check out Colors on Parade and see if these guys are in your neighborhood. Definitely a way to get your car fixed up. Even if you're thinking about selling your car, have them come out and fix all the little nooks and crannies and things that need to be fixed up. You can get all that money back and then some, I guarantee you. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Jeff. If you were a car, what kind of car would Jeff be and why? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to equate myself with the 68 Corvette that I had, and, and that's, that's when I was born, 68, and, and it just feels like that's, that's me. Um, the, definitely uh, convertible. That would be the only difference from the one I had. And the muscle, you know, the muscle car, and yet the lines on on that particular one. Uh, I, I like to work out, do do a little bit of bodybuilding, you know, still, 
And so, I, to me, that car is muscular, and that's what I identify with, <laughs> right or wrong. Very cool. You put some thought to that, and I appreciate it. So how about current projects? Is there something you're working on, a car project, that really has you excited and fired up? There is one that uh, I picked up this last uh, summer. So it's a 46 Jeep CJ2A. Oh, cool. And, and, and the cool thing about this one, I've heard, I had heard my grandfather talking about having a Jeep right after the war. And I, I ran across this one, little project, and um, asked my grandfather which one did he have. And this is exactly the same model, same year. And they, he bought it right after getting out of the, the Army after World War II to, to farm with. He and his brother both bought one, and they used it for uh, the, you know the PTO on the back and plowing and all this stuff. Wow. And yeah, and this this project I bought, it's got the PTO on the back, and it's pretty pretty decent solid. I'm in the process of buying parts and uh, another donor one now to try to put everything together. But um, How fun. I think it's really really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bringing back some of your roots, if you will. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very nice. Well, Jeff, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Driving never meant more as the all-new driving adventure awaits you with a not-for-profit Drive Toward a Cure. Combines two spirited drives for a weekend of cars and camaraderie in Paso Robles, California. All to support finding a cure for Parkinson's disease. In a showcase of ribbon roads in California of chrome and elegance coming up this April 28th. Enjoy some of the nicest cars, people, drives, wine tasting, and luxury receptions while driving towards a cure for Parkinson's. To register or donate, click on drivetowardacure.com or check out Cars Yeah! guest Deb Pollock's show notes page where there's links to Drive Toward a Cure. Donate today, or better yet, go for the drive. Okay, Jeff, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So... Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Best advice I've ever received is don't trade your car in every three years or four. <laughs> the longer you keep it, the more value you build. And over the, over the lifetime, the amount of interest you pay on those cars that people trade every couple of years, is it, it, it gets into the, the million-dollar range. Yeah, so yeah. hold on to those cars and take care of them and 
find stuff you, you really like and hold on to it. Absolutely. I think that's the key, too, is find something you really like first and hang on to it. Yeah, that's a smart way to go. How about a personal habit? Is there one that you believe has helped contribute to your success? For me, it's, it's all about patience. Um, I get problems and decisions kind of thrust at me every day, and I look at everything with, you know, can this wait a day or two for people to cool off or maybe have some other ideas come come at me from staff? So patience, let's wait before jumping in when, when it's possible. Absolutely. How about a resource? There's lots of great resources these days, but is there one that you'd like to share? The one I go back to the most, it seems like, is is Chevy Talk. Uh, they've got a different, uh, you know, different forum for each different year range of, gosh, every model Chevy's ever made. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's kind of the place that always pops up when I do a search and where I end up. Chevy Talk. Chevy Talk, very cool. Now, how about if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field, living or deceased? Who would that be? For me, it's it's all about Corvette. So it'd be uh, Zora Arcus Duntov, the the father of the Corvette. Yeah. And you know, to be back in you know before '53 and bringing out what he was bringing out, that guy was a, a visionary when you know ahead of his time. And I think it'd just be really neat to sit down with him and and and, and hear his perspectives on what he was thinking when he was coming up with all those cool designs. Oh yeah, boy, that'd be a fun one. Very very cool. I like that. Well, how about a book? Is there a book that you've read that? You think our listeners should crack open and read? You know, there's one I read years ago, and my wife just asked me if we had a copy of it the <laughs> other day, and I couldn't remember. It's called The Shack by uh, Paul Young. Huh. And um, I remember at the time, it really it really got to me. It's a religious book for Christians, and it's just uh-huh. it's very strong. And, and it's been, gosh, 10 years probably since I read it. But I remember thinking, I need to get everybody to try to, to read this book. So... I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these great resources Jeff has shared with us on his show notes page at carsyeah.com slash Jeff Cox. And uh, there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where the shack and uh, all the books recommended by the past 693 guests are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's a great resource. Just go to the Cars yeah website, click on Resources. You'll see Guest Recommended Books. And um, there's a lot of great books recommended there, including this one, The Shack that Jeff has recommended. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one very, very cool collector car in your garage, Jeff, but money's no object, you could have any car you want, but I want you to drive it and enjoy it, so you can't buy some kind of garage queen or something you're going to sell and buy a bunch of other Corvettes with, so that little trick's off the table. What would that vehicle be and why? I think for me, it's it's the 55 Corvette. Mm. It's on my it's on my list. It, to, to me, it's the it's the most beautiful, elegant lines of any Corvette. It's kind of the start of the hot rod, you know, the the small blocks and and, and the performance coming on, and and it's just the pinnacle of styling for me of all the different Corvettes. Um, yeah. the, the 55 and 56 with the single headlights, mm-hmm. um, just beautiful car, and of course, you know, all convertibles. It's got to be a top-down yeah. uh, car, and if I had to, I, and only one, th- that would that would be it. I could I could live with that forever. Yeah, you know that car was was pretty darn cool, and it as it's aged, it's become more and more futuristic looking. You know, classic yep. of those cars from the fifties. It had that those little fins that stuck out on the back, and that beautiful grill that looked like a mouth that was about to eat you, and the headlights kind of. Yep 
swoopy, kind of Ferrari-esque, I guess. There might be some Ferrari fans out there going, what are you talking about, Mark? It doesn't look like a Ferrari, but um, yeah, it's a really, really cool car. What what color would you like that 55 to be? Oh, gosh. Uh, for me, I think it would be the um, the black and silver. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Very classic. Yeah. Very classy. Ah, oh, wow. Well, Jeff, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey and your business with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance and wisdom before you head off into the sunset in that 55 vet? Okay. For me, if, if, if I could share one thing with everybody, it would be in life and in business, you know, try to treat others with respect and treat them how you want to be treated. And after you do it for a little while, it, it becomes a great habit that you just you, you fall to every time. And, and I think it, it makes for a great, great life. Absolutely. And again, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? Colorsonparade.com. Just look us up on the website and every, all the info should be on there somewhere. There you go. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to these uh, sites and to Jeff's business site on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Or just type Jeff in the search bar there and his page will pop up and check it out. I would encourage you to Check out what he's doing at Colors on Parade. This is a very cool business uh, opportunity for someone listening out there that wants to have their own business and go out there and spend time with cars and make people smile. Jeff, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.